Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, October the 2nd, 2019. We are reading from the Big Book. We're in Chapter 5, How It Works, page 58, and the third paragraph at some of these we bought. We'll be reading that one paragraph and commenting on that paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Beth W, 12 Traditions, Tamara C, and readers of the text, Penny C, Carmela G, and Janice B. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, October the 1st, 7 a.m. meeting, 13462, and, whoops, yeah, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 13464. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Beth W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Lynn, for calling on me. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we were powerless. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Beth W. 
And Tamara C. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Tamara C., compulsive eater in South Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Pass. Thank you, Tamara. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive eaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, page 58, the third paragraph, at some of these we bought. And Penny C., could you do the reading for us, please? Good morning. Thank you, and good morning, everybody. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from the Boston area. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil unless, until we let go absolutely. Oh, my gosh. This little paragraph says so much. 
when we talk about at some of these we booked, of course, we're talking about the steps. And some people, they're saying, may have um, been fearful or just couldn't couldn't um, abide by taking one step or, or more. I have the manuscript from the very first um, edition. Well, it wasn't even in the first edition, but before it was printed. Uh, originally, it would have said, at some of these, you may balk. You may think you may, can find an easier, softer way. We doubt if you can. Well, on further consideration, we realize it doesn't say we doubt if you can, but it says, but we could not. And so they came to the conclusion that it wasn't just a doubt that you could, that we must, we must, if we want to recover, we must take these steps seriously and we must work them and and continue to live in the steps. I'm just so fortunate that many years ago when I first came to OA, the mantra, every meeting I would hear repeatedly, recovery is in the steps, recovery is in the steps. And yet, I've gone to meetings just recently. I sat for an hour and 20 minutes at a meeting um, and and listened, and I, I was late, knew I was going to be late because I had a commitment, but I listened for all that time, and I never, never heard one person who got up in Shia even talk about the steps, not one. And just as I hear on this line, you know, if you don't get there to hear the, hear the reading of the steps, you wouldn't know where you were. I wouldn't have known where I was because I never heard it. And it's so unfortunate because so many of us, especially those of us on this meeting, can attest to the fact that it's only through the steps. After trying so many other ways of of overcoming at least temporarily for a time to overcome the compulsion to overeat. It was only through the steps that we can all, so many of us attest to the fact that that's how we were able to recover. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Penny C. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Nessa R. Katie F. Anita B. Barbara E. Shannon D. There's one more. This is Larry K. Okay, great. Thank you, everybody. This is the lineup that I did here. Nessa R, Katie F, Anita B, Barbara E, Shannon D, and Larry K. Nessa R, would you start us off, please? Sure. Good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I'm so surprised that... uh, uh, it wasn't a jumble of names on the line with everybody jumping in. It's such a such a good um, paragraph to read. 
And uh, for me, what always stands out when I read this paragraph is, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. And to me, this is, um, applies not only um, to ideas um, that I have, misconceptions uh, about the food and about the weight, but also about God, about uh, the program, about life in general. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't tell me here merely to set my ideas aside. It tells me to let go of them absolutely because, you know, when I set them aside, you know, I can always pick them up again. I can always move them back to the, to the forefront. And here it's just I have to, like it says in, in actually many places in the story of Fred, it says I had to throw out some old conceptions out the window. Um, and this is what it is because, you know, my best thinking got me here. My best thinking got me to almost 200 pounds. My, my, uh, you know, in a very small frame. My, my old ideas, my best thinking, uh, almost destroyed. You know, my marriage, my relationships. You know, and and made my life miserable. And so those ideas don't work for me. They never did, and they never will. I have to get rid of them, not just uh, uh, merely set them aside. Um, you know. Um, I had um, the idea when I came in that I would come lose my weight and and leave. And that idea uh, was one of the first ones that had to go. Other ideas that had to go were ideas like, well, you know, I can eat my green foods and I have to abstain from my red foods. But my yellow foods, you know, maybe I can control them. You know, I'm not ready to give them up. I mean, that, that idea also had to go. Um, the idea that... Uh, my life would be good if only circumstances were different, if only people would change, if, if, if only, you know, my, 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 my job, I enjoyed my job more, if only my boss was nicer. You know, all these things, all these ideas had to go, and they had to be replaced with a very simple concept, which is um, working the steps exactly as outlined in the big book, exactly in order, uh, in entire abstinence so that I can be recovered um, and placing total dependence upon God instead of placing dependence upon other people and in my own thinking. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. KDF, it's your turn, followed by Anita B. Good morning. This is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater. And Nessa shared on the same section I wanted to share on. The result was nil until we let go, absolutely. And nil, I don't have the dictionary definition, but I, you know, I know that it means nothing. It didn't work at all. The results were basically horrible for me until I let go, absolutely. My, not only did I stay in disease, it progressed. It got worse. It just kept getting worse and worse. Every time I went back to the food, um, I had less and less control. You know, I started out, um, my first meeting was when I was 14 years old, and I could still, I left there because I thought it was stupid to think that you had to let go absolutely, that the results would be nil because I thought that I could successfully diet and that that was my only problem that my only problem was the, at that time, 15 or 20 pounds that I needed to lose. And by the time I 
came back to the room, I had 40 pounds to lose. And by the time I surrendered, I had 70 pounds to lose. So that is, that's really not even that bad compared to the numbers that we hear on these lines now because I was only 27 years old when I got abstinent. But the result was me just continuing to get worse. And I think of, you know, it's saying until we let go absolutely. Well, I think about hanging on to something, you know, let's say you're, um, you're climbing a rope and you have to let go. You have to then get back down and you have to let go to get back to the bottom. Well, if you don't let go, nothing is going to happen. You're just going to keep hanging there and hanging there and hanging there. And we have to let go absolutely in this program because my ideas didn't work. My ideas that all I needed to do was diet and lose the weight, the first 10, then 20, then 30, then 40, then 50, then 60, then 70 pounds, and then everything was going to be wonderful and I could just go on my merry way, that idea had to be smashed because now I've been in these rooms and abstinent and recovered for coming on 32 years, and I still am growing and changing. Does that mean that I am talking about the food today? No. Thank you, God. I had uh, my daughter did one of those survey things on how well do you know your mother, and a question was what was her favorite chocolate, and she said, I don't know, because she has never seen me eat chocolate. And when I thought of trying to put in an answer, I couldn't even come up with an answer because I don't even care about chocolate today. I don't care about food. But every time in my life has changed. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie F. Anita B., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Thanks so much for hearing my name this morning. I'm grateful to to be able to share. And uh, the part I'm sharing is... We thought we could find an easier, softer way. Um, I think I did that with just about everything in my life, um, including this program. Um, when I first came in and, and even a, a while after that, you know, I only wanted to take the easier things that I could do, you know, to to stop compulsively overeating. Um, but I could not. And I, I'm on the line today to just share that I hope whoever is new, because I've been in the program a long time, and I'm finally working these steps the way they need to be worked. Um, And it isn't softer, and it isn't easier, but it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, I don't wish that uh, I could change that because we don't regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it, right? I've learned everything I need to learn to get to where I'm at today. I just say to the newer people don't don't wait. Don't see if the easier, softer way will work because just like this book said, but we cannot. I'm sorry that I didn't see that and believe in that a long time ago. Uh, but I'm here today and hopefully to be of service to someone and grateful that I am willing to. So thanks for letting me share. Have a great day. Thank you, Anita B. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Shannon B. Thank you so much for hearing me today. It's been, I guess, about a week, but I felt I had to jump in. 
Before taking step two, I first had to take step one and finally admit to myself that I'm a compulsive overeater and I'd never be able to stay stopped on my own. My soul was starving while I constantly went back to stuffing myself with food, always forgetting what the consequences were going to be. Well, I'll tell you, I was a size 24, 237 pounds, 5 feet 2 inches tall, gaining and losing weight nine times. Did I really have to admit to myself I was a powerless, that I was powerless? Of course. I needed a power that was not me. So when I came to be willing and ready, I actually called my power not me. In step two, I came to believe the promise offered me based on the condition I do all the steps, at first only in my head and then finally in my heart, that I could stop veering off court and could choose a different life. When I walked in, I was desperate. I was spiritually dead, but at first unwilling to think I needed spiritual help. So I embodied all the bedevilments. But finally, I did admit to myself that I needed this outside power source. And all step two asked me to do was change everything I'd been doing for the last 50 years of my life. Instead of picking up the food, I had to humbly bend down and pick up the spiritual toolkit. My wall of ego and skepticism had kept me isolated and cut off from the world. I was asked whether I was willing to believe. And yes, I finally chose to believe and to practice letting go every day to listen to my not-me higher power and do the next right thing. I had to humble myself and stop analyzing and start utilizing the steps. I needed this revolutionary change in my thinking. Before I justified, rationalized, lied, I was filled with negative thoughts, filled with shame. But by letting go, I started to listen for my not-me higher powers, kind, gentle, loving words. I started to see I was being carried because I truly surrendered. I'd made a a choice. My lights could be turned on or I could stay in darkness. I chose light. Thank you. Perfect timing. Have a beautiful day. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Shannon B., it's your turn, followed by Larry Kay. Please go ahead, Shannon. Thank you. My name is Shannon D. I'm a compulsive eater in Durham, North Carolina. And also I wanted to comment on um, on looking for an easier, softer way. And at this, too, we balked. Um, when I first came into program 20 years ago, I was lucky to have a sponsor who was, she was young and she worked a really great program and she took me through the big book, um, which not everybody was doing at that time. And I remember learning about the keystone and I remember learning about the archway and we got through step five and I started 
picturing eight and nine and the thought of making an amends to my mother, my bulking was so severe. I, I created so much anxiety for myself and I couldn't ever imagine doing those steps. And that's um, right about that time my mother and dad moved to North Carolina to help me raise my daughter and I I blew out of the program. I don't remember exactly why, but um, I've heard balking be described as like the gesture that a horse makes when if you're trying to get it over a hurdle and if it kind of rears back and it can really hurt the horse and the rider. And it certainly hurt me um, because 20 years of dieting and starving later, I finally came back to program and um, it was the vision way that gave me, really gave me the abstinence from food that allowed me to do a thorough fourth step, which got me all the way to that far column that showed me my part in things. And the real point of my share today is that when I made my amends to my mom this time, and I've had to do it twice this time, it was the most liberating thing I've done in program yet. And it, uh, choked me up because it was nothing like I expected. Um, it was just left to my own fears. I will always balk because I make things up in my mind that things are impossible. But um, with the help of my sponsor and my higher power, this one thing that seemed absolutely impossible, two things, also letting go of the food, are totally possible today. And I have a new relationship with my mom. And like the person who shared about the chocolate, food is finally in its proper place in my life. It's just this wonderful, nourishing thing I get to do three times a day. And um, it's a miracle. And, uh, and when I really got down to it, it didn't take that long. I mean, it took Time, a long, 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 hard seven months. And that was it was worth every day. Thanks. Thank you, Shannon D. And Larry Kay, it's your turn. Oh, thanks so much for your service. I'm going to set my timer here, make sure I stay in the uh, the time deal and go. Okay, so um, boy, I really like what the shares, uh, particularly Penny getting us started um, in, in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. Unfortunately, there's love and compassion and kindness, but there isn't uh, generally, my experience is the teachings of what the very things that will get us well. You know, it's uh, it's like a lot of group herd mentality of just talking about our problems of struggling for one more day of eating the food. You know, this in one of my meetings, they say <laughs> they say when we read our, how it works, you know, they say it's some of these we bought. And for the baseball fans, say take your base. You know, you're you're hesitating. You're you're not following following the rules. For me, the process that we call recovery that's available to any one of us it's a miracle you're even here. See, because it's an integrative model of healing. In other words, it's so much more than treating your external symptoms. It's so much more than the food or the fat or the underweight or the vomiting or any of those things. I'm not suggesting those things are not a problem. You know, in an upbeat meeting like this one, 
you know, it's so, you know, we are learning one paragraph at a time about the very instructions that will get you well, that will allow you to cross the bridge to freedom. It's, we are not advocating to keep your fingers crossed, you know, hope for the best. No, so when we put the food down, yes, we deal with the physical. And when we attend a meeting like this, many of us give, it gives us an emotional boost and it can be entertaining, it could be supportive, it could be emotional. But if we look at the total package of these steps, this integrative model of spiritual healing, it's where we work the steps to be brought into congruence with our creator. And you know what? When that happens, the food and the emotions become something we live in harmony with. We are brought to a state of mind where the daily fight, the internal battle with ourselves becomes no longer necessary. The fight fog that you feel right now is lifted. I know, not because I'm a know-it-all, because it happened to me. There's no more weaponization of self to survive. I don't need the food to survive anymore. You know, I don't need to assassinate your character to survive anymore. I don't need to protect myself from from you stepping on my toes to survive anymore. When this spiritual healing of self comes about, guess what? Our families begin to heal. The fellowship begins to heal. Perhaps society heals. And my greatest God-given capability that I have to change my world is to change my capacity to think differently. These steps make it possible because God begins to infiltrate and immerse within my consciousness. Grateful for that. There's my time. Thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Just a reminder for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 58 in How It Works. We're reading the third paragraph that some of these we bought and commenting on that one paragraph only. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Christina J. Mary Ju- E.B. Julie E.B. Lydia T. Carmela J. Joy, I didn't hear that last one. Let me Mom, tell you who I have. Okay, I have Christina J. Mary A.B. Julie E.B., Lydia T., there was somebody in there, and then I heard Melissa C. Who did I miss? Carmela G. Great. Okay, there's our lineup. Thank you very much. Christina J., could you start us off, please? Uh, Glad to. My name is Christina J. from the state of Washington, Uh, recovered compulsive overeater this morning. Thank God I'm, I'm starting my day on the good foot. Woke up completely irritated, restless, and discontent from many little tiny events yesterday. Nothing huge, but just they just built up. And this morning I woke up unabstinent spiritually. So thank God I was able to start some uh, a tool, a meditation tool. Uh, and this is something I balked at earlier on. Uh, I, did, I wanted an easier, softer way. I wanted a diet. I wanted a pill. Uh, and you know what? I really didn't know that I had all these old ideas going on about how I was running my life and how I was in control. And I had no idea so many years in and out of program of how to really do this. Uh, just confused. I knew I was 
completely crazy, and I hated that feeling of craving. Oh, my God, that was, it was just the worst. <clears throat> I hated it more than, than being thin. Uh, I mean, I loved being thin, but I hated this feeling of wanting to eat all the time while I was thin. So uh, finally, in vision, um, I started to find out what I was holding on to, the foods I was using to play with, my good foods, my yellow light foods, just using those to make me feel content. Relapse after relapse finally brought me to my knees, you know, and it took what it took to get me to realize that I was holding on to idea, old ideas of how to do this program. And I started to listen to you guys, and I started, I put the food down for good, and I started to get it. And um, I don't look for easier, softer ways today. As a matter of fact, program is an easier, softer way for me. It's easier, it's softer, it's gentle. It's not a harsh diet that makes me wake up hungry in the night. It's not trying to deal with my emotional upheavals. I don't have to try to deal with them anymore. I have tools and steps I can use to get through things. And it's just, it's really easy. Pick up the phone. You know, if I was dying by the side of the road, would I lay there and go, oh, I don't want to call out anybody because they might be irritated or bothered that I'm calling for help? I mean, that's ridiculous. And I used to think that I would bother people if I, if I picked up the phone and called. Now I call because I need your help to get through the day sometimes. So holding on to old ideas, I still find some, but I, I learn to let go of them because I know that I'm not going to have continued progress unless I do. Uh, with all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. I didn't know how to do that, but I can beg you now, as I beg children that are having to touch hot stoves, Try it, please. Jump in so that you don't have to suffer like I did for years and years in and out of relapse and all that. Give it a shot. What can what can you lose? Blessings to all. Love to all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Mary A. B., it's your turn, followed by Julie E. B. Go ahead, Mary. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you very much for your service. And this is Mary A.B., gratefully recovered in Northern California. At some of these we balked. Well, how about all of them? When I came in to program, I wanted a food plan. I knew I needed step one. Step one was great. And in my first six months, I lost all my weight and regained it. So back in program, willing to do whatever it takes, then I heard, take what you like and leave the rest. So I picked 1, 2, 3, and 12. Well, that didn't work either, and I had a sponsor who convinced me that this was not a menu. We don't pick. There are 12 steps. So I did my best to work the 12 steps. But then there was that four-letter word that, oh, just gave me the willies because I had so much of it. And that four-letter word was work. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to do all that work. I had a lot. I'm raising three sons. I have a job. I have a home to maintain. I have enough work. Well, actually, that, that word still wrinkles me a little bit. But yes, I had to do the work. And my message for the new newcomer and the person coming back from relapse, 
is that in time, when I finally let go absolutely, all that work that I did and continue to do on the on these steps and on this program becomes ingrained where I used to spend a half an hour to connect with my higher power in the morning, reading meditation books and praying. And now I get up and I say, Mary, hey, higher power, Mary reporting for duty, which tells me instantly that I'm a follower, not a leader, that my higher power is in front of me always, not behind me, not pushing. He's there, just there all the time. And it becomes ingrained. It becomes such a part of me. And today I can tell you I am so grateful. And my sponsor and I, my sponsees and I, we are constantly expressing our gratitude for this program. God has kept me here all these years. And um, just hang in there. It really becomes a part of you. And um, I'm just really, really grateful today. Thank you for the opportunity to share. I pass. Thank you, Mary A.B. Julie E.B., it's your turn, followed by Lydia T. Please go ahead, Julie. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered here in Colorado Springs. And um, <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> thankful today to hear the reality of my life, um, to hear that if I look at this honestly and I consider that there were <laughs> so many that have gone before me and they boxed too. They wanted an easier, softer way also. <laughs> it's so encouraging to me. Um, just last night I wanted an easier, softer way. I've worked through the steps and um, I love to live um, abstinent. I'm glad to get through a rough day yesterday without the food. Um, but it is, <laughs> I was hoping yesterday that I could kind of hold on to a little um, quote-unquote justified anger, that I could quote uh, hold on to some fear um, of other people, places, things, um, that I could nurse um, some, some uh, of the brainstorm, um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted an easier, softer way where maybe I could be right, and uh, instead I got this program. And as I was doing a 10-step, and as someone explained to me that none of these circumstances would be stronger uh, than my higher power, that I didn't have any power, but that my higher power would work this and, and, and help me to use my circumstances. Um, and, and why was my higher power putting these things in my life, and what did I need to learn? Um, all of a sudden, I'm at ego to reduction all of a sudden I'm in a life where of course I can't control the future by thinking about it more um, and uh, wow what a blessing today so yeah did I balk at getting rid of anger fear and guilt yes I did because those were the driving 
forces for my self-proportion through life. But am I glad today that God can remove those things and give me a God consciousness, awakeness. So maybe this isn't all about me. And, uh, and just to be there in each moment for the other people in my life and just see what God's going to do. And know that, that I know that uh, this won't be one minute longer or shorter, um, my situation, than God needs it to be. Um, but I don't have to stay in the self-imposed crisis. It's not an easy or softer way. It involves letting go, but thank God. And I pass. Thank you, Julie E.B. Lydia P., it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Hi, this is Lydia T., a grateful, recovered, compulsible reader from uh, Marquette, Michigan. Um, you know, when I, when I read this, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. You know, I, I, was, I, I thought I was willing to be fearless and thorough, um, but it took me to, at, to really let go, absolutely, to, to be able to be fearless and thorough. Um, I really wanted to hang on to my old ideas, and my old ideas were that if everybody in the world, I didn't even say in the world, at least the people that were that I came in contact with, if they would just do things the way I thought was best, my life would be really good. You know, why can't people just, you know, work the way that I work, you know, do things the way that I think they need to be done, and my life would be really good. And I really tried to hang on to that idea. Um, but until I let that completely go, that was the only way that I could find find recovery and be able to go through these steps thoroughly and fearlessly because I don't know what's best. I have no idea what the best way is. I don't know what's best for me and I don't know what's best for the people that are in my life. My higher power and their higher powers, that's who knows what's best. And now when I wake up every day and, you know, I don't know if it's an easier, I, at first I didn't think this was the easier, softer way, but to me today, it's easier and softer to wake up and say, I don't really know. I don't know what's best. I, I, connect to my higher power and I pray and ask what is your will for me today um, it's not what is my will for myself today I want to know what God's will for me is today and you know if that's get, waking up at 5:15 to talk to a sponsee that that's the only time we can talk then that's God's will for me is to wake up at 5:15 and talk to her and hopefully be able to spread the message and hopefully be able to help because I think that is also what's God's will. And is it, you know, I think it's easier and softer than the way I lived, you know, the first 51 years of my life thinking I knew best and I was right and I needed to manage everybody and everybody in the entire world. Um, and everything was my fault and everything was my problem. And you know what, today it's not. And I, I have great relief because of that. And um, I just, I hope people that are out there listening that are new, just, you know, just hang in there. And, and I, one of the things I like to say is, you know what, if we let go absolutely and we feel our feelings, you know, we're not going to die because we feel our feelings. And I know that it felt like that for me so often that I was going to actually literally die. Um, but Time I didn't. Please. 
uh, thank you. I'm sorry I went on and on, but um, thank you for allowing me to share, and um, I appreciate this meeting so much and everybody who makes it possible. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia T. Carmela G., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Please go ahead, Carmela. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share. Um, I am Carmela G., a grateful, recovered, compulsive Carmela, you're breaking up there, Anna? Okay, I'll try to get closer. How's that? Much better. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I read this, and I thought back to day one when I first entered program. And I'm only in program six years, and uh, when I entered program, I had no knowledge. I heard the term Overeaters Anonymous, but I, I just had no knowledge. I had never been in the program prior. All I knew was at the age of 67, I wanted to live. So I entered this program, and I was desperate, and I was willing. But I walked through. I got a sponsor. I worked the steps, and I just functioned. Whatever it was I had to do, I did. But today, six years of working this program every day, yesterday when I woke up, I just, people call it dry days with prayer. I, I tried connecting. I, I said the words. But in my heart, I was restless. I, I, I just wanted to stay in bed and not go on. But I had to because I had things to do. By the end of the day, because I just kept working the program, I was so peaceful and connected in the midst of this busy city of Manhattan. I was like on a cloud walking the streets because my higher power had directed me to just put one foot in front of the other and keep working it. And he had me, and I trusted and for that, anything that I would have balked at or anything that I would have resisted six years ago was gone. And I could feel this flowing through my veins, and it became a, a substance deep within me. And I truly was understanding. I was in a class last night, and I was understanding what was being said and I felt so peaceful with being able to absorb that knowledge. And for that, this program is what I was able to function as a kind, loving human being. Time, please. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening and allowing me to share. I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. And Melissa C., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive creator in New York. And, you know, anything that I didn't want to let go of, um, 
becomes the thing that actually pulls me under, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, what I heard early on, um, and it really became my, like, my motto, you know, take what you want and leave the rest. And, um, you know, like, when I'm taking what I want, I'm only taking what's easy. I'm only taking what makes sense to me. And I, you know, and I used, like, my um, broken thinking to make decisions about what aspects of the program were important, rather than just letting go absolutely. You know, and so things that I did not let go of, like, there were certain resentments. I would not let go of them. Um, you know, there was uh, pieces of my story, like when I, did, you know, did an inventory. There were pieces that I was like, no way. I'm never sharing this. I could barely share it with myself. And you know what happened to me? Um, I returned to the food because um, because I'm a compulsive overeater, and that's what I do when I make decisions about what I want to do. And, you know, um, what happened uh, for me, you know, this six years ago when I really um, realized I could no longer rely on my thinking, I couldn't think straight at all anymore. And I, that was the thing that I always sort of fell back on. Um, anything that my sponsor, you know, I met someone in whom the problem had been solved, and anything she suggested, out of my mouth came, okay, I'll do it. You know, even as simple as, um, I remembered saying, I-, I can't fit all this into my day. And she so simply said, you might need to get up earlier. And, um, you know, and, and so those are the words I've sort of repeated to people. Because this work that we do, it does take time, and it's work, and it must. It must come first. And, you know, and anybody I know that has the recovery that I admire, they don't, they don't sleep late. They get up and do their work. Or, you know, they don't go to bed without um, doing their nightly review. And so that was the other thing. I have to make sure, guess what, then I've got to do it. I can't, I can't fall asleep and then do it. I have to follow all the directions whether I like them or not, and then I get the results, you know. Thank you so much. That I'll count. Thank you, Melissa C. We have time for two two-minute shares. Who would like that time? Okay, I heard Irene B., but there was somebody before. Vanessa S. Okay, so I, I, I heard Vanessa and Irene B. So, Irene, could you go ahead, please? Thank you so much. Good morning. Thank you for your service. I am Irene B., a great re- recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I absolutely love this paragraph. There's so many paragraphs I love. But I love these last few words, until we let go, absolutely. And um, that sounds really easy. Well, just let go, absolutely. Well, you know what? I've been trying to let go, absolutely. But for me, my reality is that I had no idea what I needed to let go of. I, I was so out of touch that I didn't know what that was. And I've been abstinent for two and a half years by the immense grace of God as a miracle 
uh, I'm the bulimic who could never not be in her disease for 30 so many years after having been in and out of programs and whatnot. But the reality is that until I put the foot down, the food down, as long as I was in the food, there was no way that I could connect to myself. There was no way I could connect to what I believe. There was no way I could uncover, discover, discard these old, old beliefs. And now I'm getting clarity and I get to replace them with new, healthier ways of looking at myself, at the world and life, and my relationship with God is amazing. But, you know, um, until I put the foot down, there was no hope for me because I was so out of touch with myself. And they told me that the bulimia was a symptom of the problem that I needed to, de- to deal with a, with a root problem. But I couldn't get to the root because I had created such a huge covering over the root problems that I couldn't, I couldn't get there. And with Time, the program, please. I was able to do it, and I thank you all, and I pass. Thank you, Irene B. And Vanessa F., you're our last two-minute share today. Thank you. Please go ahead. Good morning. I'm Vanessa S., a recovering compulsive overeater from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I love this paragraph, and particularly the phrase that jumps out for me is the letting go. Um, before coming into the rooms, you know, I, I was, I've never been afraid of hard work. I made it through medical school, um, you know, and with my, my food addiction, my compulsive overeating, there was, I worked very hard at, you know, finding various um, things outside of myself to try to control this, to lose weight, the compulsive exercising, you know, the diets. We all, you know, have been probably down that path. Um, you know, it's spinning my wheels, you know, putting so much effort and energy into trying to wrest satisfaction from life to control everything around me. And, um, you know, I do agree with what was said earlier, that program is the easier, softer way for me today. Um, you know, it, it, there's definitely work involved, um, but I, I welcome that. Um, it's, it's the letting go is like peeling off the layers of an onion. It, it gets you know, deeper and deeper. And um, the, to the extent that I let go, you know, and, and stop being the salmon that's swimming upstream against the flow of the water. And once I just let go and go with the flow of everything, you know, um, to that extent, do I, you know, am I able to really be of service to the people around me and experience um, the peace and serenity that I think that my higher power wants for me? Um, and with that, I just want to express my gratitude to everyone for this amazing meeting, and I hope everyone has a nice day. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Vanessa F., and thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The shared ID for today's meeting, October 2nd, 7 a.m., is one. Three, four, six, seven. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Will Carmela G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. I pass.